Welcome back to Fight Capital, where we step into the ring of combat sports business. I'm your host, Ryan Rappaport. Today, I'm excited to feature an in-person episode featuring Scott Arjan Howard, the driving force behind Disciple MMA in Sterling, Virginia. He serves as both the owner and a team head coach for the Muay Thai and MMA competition teams with a martial arts journey spanning over three decades. He, he brings a rich tapestry of Muay Thai kickboxing, BJJ, and more alongside specialized training in law enforcement and military combat. And he's renowned for his comprehensive teaching of old school techniques that caters to a diverse array of students and creating a strong family environment at his gym. Today, I'm excited to feature an in-person interview and looking forward to everyone's thoughts and feedback. Without further ado, Scott Howard. So here with Ajahn Scott Howard at Disciple MMA, his gym. Uh, Coach Ajahn, thank you for being here today. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, I'd love for you just to tell me a little bit about your journey uh, coming into Muay Thai and starting the gym, because I know that this is a newer location for you guys, but what kind of led to this to you being here today? Yeah, so it's uh, that's been a long journey, actually. Um, I started, I grew up in New Hampshire, and, and the only thing local was... Uh, was Taekwondo. So I got my foundation really with a, a very, it's a very hard nosed style uh, with Don Rolo and Dave Para. Um, a lot different than what today's is, you know, there's, there's no bus to pick us up. There's no dance dancing in the class. There's, it was pretty, pretty rigid. Um, you know, competed, did really well. Um, then I went in the military and I started training with um, some of the folks on the army team and just different combatives. Uh, got out, did a bunch of different things in between, but um, got into law enforcement, was up in Ohio and honestly took a, uh, there was an ad and a guy, good friend, like a brother, uh, Sean Douglas, um, was looking for sparring partners for a US title. And uh, I'd never done Muay Thai before. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Taekwondo guy, but I'm, I'm good. And went in there and we started playing around a little bit and I'm like, hey, we can, we can pick it up some. And his actual direct quote was like, I don't want to do that because I like you too much. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this, you know, let's go. And, um, and then I, I think uh, I woke up like three minutes later. And um, so this is, this is the one for me, right? This is the next level of, of a standing striking art. Um, that was back in, man, I want to say 90, 97, 98. Um, just never looked back. I fell in love with it. Similar for me, actually. I did Taekwondo, competed nationally and it's funny like the one thing that i think that that gives anyone who's kind of crossing over and more times they can kick you know you can like walk into a gym and actually be able to throw a kick which seems like it's, it's kind of rare these days for people just coming off the street yeah yeah it was um it was eye-opening for me because um i'd never been kicked with that level in the legs before and um for me i was a i was a high flyer and i got deep in the stances and you know, against other taekwondos and traditional, I guess, you know, the quote, the traditional styles, um, you know, I, I think I'd only lost twice all through up through childhood. And uh, to go in there and have somebody just take my my strength away in two or three kicks was, it, it was both devastating and eye-opening. I'm like, this is, this is where I need to be. Talk about being a gym owner, because I think that's something that's not really talked about a whole lot in martial arts for, for period but particularly talking about combat athletes and building people up. I mean, you guys have a bunch of up and coming 
MMA, obviously we got Stas, we just interviewed as well. And what does that mean to you being like an actual instructor and having a school? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's something that I've struggled with because, you know, we're in, we're in Loudoun County, you know, and um, it's one of the richest counties in the U.S. and it produces um, mindsets that are entitled, you know, and, and there's just no nice way to say that, you know, but most of our, our stronger, better competitors are not from here. You know, you get a guy like Stas who comes from Moldova and, you know, had a, had a tough way of it growing up and even coming out here, you know, had the intestinal, had the mindset, that, but the fortitude to go from one country to another with his then girlfriend, now wife and, and kids, um, that's strength, right? And a lot of folks here don't have that. So I've transitioned from more of a tough guy, you know, do the push-ups, move the rock, punch yourself in the face, you know, that's, that's a little bit extreme, but you know what I'm saying, to, it's more of a, a psychological pull now and getting to know people and pulling the best out of them because the ones that want it will offer it to you. They just want, they want to respect somebody enough to give it to them. So um, in my older years with a little bit more gray, um, it's being an uncle, a dad, or just a good mentor and knowing what I can pull out of somebody and how to pull it out. Talk to me a little bit about, I know you've done some training for like first, first responders, police, military. I mean, what does that mean to you as someone who's been in law enforcement? Do you think that they're actually getting the right training out there? Because, you know, you see those videos on YouTube where, you know, there's some questionable tactics. And, uh, you know, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on, you know, your experience working with like law enforcement first responders. Yeah, so I, I think it's important on, on two levels. So one, everything we teach in here has to be applicable out there in the street. So I'll never take anybody's money for the sake of taking it, you know? So if you can't defend your family and loved ones out there with what you learn in here, then, I, then I'm wasting your time, right? Because it is a martial art and it's supposed to be something that you can not, not use all the time, but be able to pull and use when necessary. Um, I feel the same way about law enforcement. Um, a lot of the folks today, and from being an officer, um, you strap on a badge, you put on a badge, and that's a giant S on your chest, like you can't, nothing can happen to you. But adrenaline dump and fear and lack of training, all those things are real. So if you're not putting, putting yourself in a position where you can feel somebody grab your wrist and try to control or somebody go for a weapon or things of that nature, um, you're gonna lose that ability to respond to it without an adrenaline dump. And you don't know what that's gonna be. You know, you might freeze up, you might, your heart rate might go up, your leg might shake, something, but something's going to happen. So you have to put yourself in bad situations in training, in a training environment where you can, you can see it, you can feel it, and you can work yourself through it. Um, I don't think a lot of places do that today. You guys obviously have the pedigree now. You just had the BKFC prospect uh, tryouts here. How'd that come about? Like, how, how, can you just tell me a little bit about how that progressed? Yeah, um, so, you know, obviously we've got uh, Stanislav Grosu. Um, you know, he's a top 10 guy, and uh, Dustin Pegg is one of mine. He's, uh, I believe he's a top five guy now. And so I've, I've had a long-standing relationship with BKFC since they, since they opened up in uh, 2018. And before that, uh, their head matchmaker, Nate Shook, um, you know, we laugh about it today. But when Nate first broke into this, he was in the Air Force. He was in North Carolina, and he used to bring folks up to Disciple um, from North Carolina. Um, and we used to, uh, I'll call it training, but we used to take care of these guys, right? <laughs> so, um, and Nate used to sleep on my couch. 
like you know that's how he cut his teeth and he's such a humble guy he's such a you know, he's a good friend of mine you know periodically he um he gives credit to you know a couple different people and I'm one of them as far as how he how he got into this sport how he got into matchmaking and promoting and um he just never forget he never forgot where he came from and we've always kept in touch well it's crazy I mean just talking about BKFC I had uh Nick Chapman, who's heading up BKFC Asia, I've had David Feldman on this past Monday, mm-hmm. and it's just like high, high growth. I mean, uh, he was talking about having 50 fights this year. Do you anticipate seeing that kind of pace with the level of training in the in the sport of actually bare knuckle boxing? I, I can see it. You know, so I bare knuckle to me is much like is much like Muay Thai. It's it's not it's not mainstream, but it's it's definitely a niche, and if you can get a a percentage of those folks that follow mainstream in this niche, um, I think they're going to be very successful. And I, th- I think it's the evolution of the game. You know, you know, if you listen to people talk, everybody wants to say that they're a combat sports veteran, you know, whether it's boxing or, you know, MMA or whatever it may be. There is nothing more real than getting punched in the face with a knuckle and to want to test who you are. You know, I, I joke about this, but you know, I've, you know, I've, I've taken a knee once or twice. That's it. And um, you know, I was, I was training with Dustin Peg and he was holding pads for him before an event and he caught me with an uppercut. And I just remember wondering how it was that I was taking a knee on the floor. <laughs> and um, I tell you, it's just different. It's a different level. It's a different level. So if you want to test yourself, that's the place to be. And I think people will follow. Mm. I don't, I don't think it's highlighted enough like what it takes to have a martial arts gym and to start being ushering in that next generation. You, you referenced it a little bit before. It's, you're, not, you're more than just you know, an instructor. You're an uncle. You're a father. You're a grandfather sometimes, too. You know, you're having to put people in their place. I mean, what does that mean to you in like, totality for being an instructor? Yeah, so you know, the foundation is the 95%. You know, fighters historically have... Uh, Either they don't have the, a lot of people don't have the will to do it, um, the, the want to do it, um, and ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't keep the lights on, you know. So I'm all about legacy, and on the other side of 50, that's, I look at what I'm going to leave behind. So for all these guys, to be their friend, their, their dad, their uncle, you know, I've gone to Stas' house, and, you know, I've seen the, the birth of kids, and gone to parties, and there's nothing better. Like that's the, the evolution of this is I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm not out there sparring with folks. These guys are, I'm there to inspire. So my job now is to inspire, to pull all that out and to see the next generation and cultivate it. Cause I'm not that guy anymore. You know, I, this is a kind of a funny one. Cause I think that most gym owners would probably have a pretty, I think I know where it's going, but what would be your advice to anyone who spent a lot of time in martial arts to actually starting their own gym? Because I think that's a vision that a lot of people have, but they may not necessarily like what's on the other side of it. You know, surprisingly, and, and you know, I listened to uh, Sestas' uh, interview, be real, be real. Know what your limits are and be real to everybody. You know, and coming into this area, 20 years ago, I feel like I was the best 
all these different things and putting it together and even on the MMA side. But as things progress, your students become better. So you don't have to be that guy anymore. Mm. Know what your niche is to make everybody better. And if they surpass you, it's like having kids. You want your kids to do better than you. So for all the folks out there, just be real to who you are and what you can give the next generation. Because if, if, you, if you misrepresent, then somebody loses three, four, five years or may lose the interest altogether. Be real, give them the best you can. That's beautiful. Sir. Hi, John Scott. Thank yes, you sir. so much. Appreciate it. Brother, thank, thank you. you. Thank you.